back in, um, back in about 1998, you know, the Lord, <clears throat> I've been in ministry since I was 16, since 19, 1985. And um, I've been evangelizing and, and traveling. And um, in the beginning of my, my ministry, I didn't have a revelation on what the Word of God says concerning finance. But uh, somewhere in the first couple of years, two or three years, four years of, of ministry, as I studied the Word. Now, I came out of the Mennonite. I got born again in a Mennonite church, um, got filled with the Holy Spirit in, in the Mennonite church. And Mennonites don't talk much about tithing and offering. In fact, what they, what, what they told me when I told them I was called to preach was, well, you know, if you go into the ministry, you're taking a vow of poverty because if you go into ministry, you're, gonna be, you're not just going to be poor, you're going to be poor. Uh, they don't even give you the last O-R. You're just going to be P-O-P-O. And, and uh, <clears throat> for the most part, you know, uh, I saw ministers in the Mennonite church and ministers in general, and many of them struggled, especially in the Spanish community, many of them struggled financially. And so, but I, I, was, I was following the, uh, the call of God. I was, I, was, I was giving heed to the voice of the Lord. So it didn't matter to me whether I was going to have difficulty or not. I was going to serve the Lord. If it meant I was poor, I was going to be poor. I wasn't doing uh, what I was doing for the Lord because there was a guarantee of, uh, you know, a certain amount of money. I was ready to, I was ready to uh, you know, scavenge through the garbage and push around a sharp shopping cart, live in a cardboard box if necessary. And, and, and in a way, that was my mindset. That was what I thought. But as I begin to read the Bible, how many of you, how many of you spend time reading the Word of God every day? Now, don't lie to me, but, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get on to you, but I, I want to encourage you. Try to spend a little bit of time every day reading the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God will change your life. It'll change your life. Some people are like, well, I need for the Lord to talk to me. Open your Bible. He's talking every, you know, God talk. people like, I haven't heard, I've never heard the voice of God. What, you've never read the book? When you read, when you read that book, that's him talking to you. You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, some, you know, there were, t there was a time in my life where uh, I didn't understand certain conversations. But as I, you know, as I went through life and matured and continued to move forward, I began to gain understanding. And that's how you gain understanding is you have to, you have to keep on. You say, well, how much, how much time should I spend reading the word of God every day? Well, read a chapter every day. Then, then you know, graduate to two chapters or whatever. Uh, you know, some of these books you can read in, you know, 20, 15, 20 minutes. It's not that hard. You say, yeah, but I fall asleep reading it. I'd rather you fall asleep reading the word of God than watching Netflix. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not getting on to you. I'm just trying to encourage you because as I began to read the Word of God, I began to find out that some of the things that I was hearing from people weren't, weren't right. That what I was being told wasn't scriptural. When they were telling me I was going to be poor, I, I found a place in Scripture that said this. In, in the book of Proverbs, it says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. All I kept hearing them say was, money is the root of all evil. And you know, when I found that verse of scripture, it didn't even say that. They would say money was the root of all evil. But when I read it, it reads like this. The love of money is the root of all I said, wait a minute. They said money was the root of all evil. They, they, they said this. They said, you can't serve God and have money. 
That's what the scripture says. And then they'd quote a scripture. Well, when I read the scripture, you know what I found out the scripture said? The scripture says this, you can't serve God and money. It didn't say you can't serve God and have money. It said you can't serve God and serve money. There's a big difference. Because I found out you can serve God and have money. But you can't serve God and money at the same time. You can't serve God and mammon. You've got to choose to serve the Lord. And so as I began to read the scripture and find out that there were benefits, just like healing. You know, healing is a, is a benefit. You know, uh, Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. And it goes on and it lists these benefits. Well, I found out that one of the benefits that a lot of people wanted to leave off was the benefit of a financial blessing and God's supernatural increase in the life uh, of, of people uh, that were believers. Amen. Say supernaturally increase. Supernatural Amen. So I'm going to have you talk to me today because it's extremely important. Uh, we've gotten away from it a little bit here at our church, but I used to have y'all talking every, every week all the time. But supernatural increase, and here's what I mean by supernatural increase. Supernatural increase is not money that you can earn. See, a lot of times as Christians, we say, well, the Lord blessed me. You know, he blessed me with time and a half. Well, let me ask you a question. Did that old, you know, alcoholic, drug-addicted sinner that you work with get the same time and a half? Yeah. Well, so then, then, then did God really bless you with that time and a half? Because if the, if the old, miserable, rotten sinner got time and a half and you got time and a half, sounds to me like you earned that time and a half. You know, all of us have earning potential. We all have the potential to earn a living. And money earned is not the blessing of God. Amen. Money earned. Because how many of you know you can't earn the blessing? Let me ask you this. Can you earn salvation? No. Salvation is a gift from God. Is that right? And the only way we can, we can be saved is if we receive salvation. You don't work towards salvation. It's a gift from God. When you receive that gift, you're saved. Is, can you buy the baptism in the Holy Ghost? You, can you earn it? Well, one old boy tried to buy it, tried to earn baptism in the Holy Ghost, and we know what happened to him in the book of Acts. Uh, he got jacked up for a while, amen. But thank God that the baptism in the Holy Ghost is a free gift from God. We have to receive it. It's the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And so uh, financial increase, there, there's a, God gives us the ability to earn a living. All of us have an earning potential. You can increase your earning potential by going to school, depending on what you study. Right now, if you were to go to school to become a nurse, and more specifically, a traveling nurse, then you have, you have put yourself on the path of being a, one of the few people that earns uh, the most money uh, in the United States of America. Because right now, that's the best field to go into because you have the potential of earning the highest income. Now, see, you can create that for yourself by going to school and working hard. You, you increase your earning potential based on your willingness to apply yourself to increase your earning. Or you could be, you could be Poe. 
You know how you do that? Sit at home, cross your arms, popping bonbons, watching Jerry Springer. If he's even still on that, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't even know that show is even working anymore. But anyhow, um, I mean, you're not going to increase your earning potential by sitting around like you know, you know, a couch potato and not, you know, not gaining knowledge, understanding, training, developing. Um, those are things that we have to do. Now, here's the thing. You have an earning potential. Whether your earning potential, whether you can earn a lot or whether you just earn a little. Some people, their earning potential falls, you know, somewhere between 20,000 and, and 40,000 a year. Some people between 40 and 80. Some people between 80 and 100. Some people, they're up, you know, in the six figures. Some people in the seven figures. But they've all done something different to earn that. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. <clears throat> They've all done something different to be able to earn that kind of money. That money that you earn is not God's blessing. Because you've done something to earn it. And there are people that are lost that do the same thing, that earn the same amount of money. Now listen to me, supernaturally increase, what we're talking about is God blessing you with money that you can't earn. It's the blessing that the Bible talks about comes with the tithe. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And it goes on and it talks about these, this blessing that comes when we're a tither. See, that, that blessing is not what you earn. That's, that's money that comes, and it comes regardless of how many hours you worked, regardless of how, much, uh, how many hours you put in, how much overtime you had, how much you know, the contract was that they were going to pay. That's money that comes above and beyond that. And most of us, are you hearing me? Most of us as believers and most of you in this church, you don't live in the realm where you tap into that flow, where you get money that you didn't earn. Some of you have earned every dime that, uh, that, you, that you have. But see, God wants you to get into the flow of the Spirit and into uh, the promises of His Word that you partake of money and increase that you didn't earn. That money that comes when that, that, that tither's blessing. That give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Run. See, that's the blessing of the Lord. Amen. That's supernatural increase. That's why we call it supernatural increase. Now, l- let me say this to you. I began to read the word. I began to see within the word that God had a way of provision that went beyond my understanding. And, and, as I, and as I began to get a revelation, let me tell you what I did. I didn't just read it and get all excited because, oh, yeah, now I'm going to have me a little something. That, that wasn't my motive. What, what I thought, the, the, I'm, and this is honest, the first time I began to see these principles, I thought, my God, I've been living so low when God intended for me to live much higher. I, I realized that I had no bit. Do you know you've got no business living low? Because God didn't create you to be low. Turn to someone, tell them God didn't create you to be low. Listen, you're high class. You're high class. And you're not high class because of the car you drive or the house that you live in or the name or, or even your, you know, your, uh, where you fit into the, you know, um, where you fit into the uh, uh, economic system, uh, world system. 
You're high class because God created you to be high. God created you to be over, not under. God created you to be the head and not the tail. God created you to be above and not beneath. God created you to be blessed going in and blessed coming out. God, God created you to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. God created you so that your basket would be blessed. Amen. So that everything that you touched and everywhere that you walked would be blessed, would produce uh, something from him. Glory to God. Boy, I figured some of y'all get more excited than that because, because amen. Thank you. you. Thank you, Lindsay. You, I'm gonna, I nominate you, and, and, uh, and you're voted in. You are now taking Ted's place. <laughs> and so as I began to apply these principles, and I began to see that God, when I saw that I wasn't, when we don't, when we don't, um, when we don't walk according to the word of God, we dishonor God. Some people think they're honoring God by, and I've, I've heard church people say that, well, I give, but I don't expect anything back. They think they're honoring God when they say that. That's like a farmer. That's, that would be like, we grew up in a place where there were lots of farmers, Andy and I. We grew up in, in Northwest Ohio. That, that statement would be like us hearing a farmer say, well, I go out and I plant corn, but I don't really expect anything in return. I just love to sow. <laughs> you know what? I, I, would, I, would, I would, personally, I would consider maybe having that farmer go and uh, evaluate it and have his mind evaluate. You understand? Because that's nuts. That don't even make sense. It's stupid. The only, the only place that seems to make sense is in church. And we see, it, we see it as being an honor unto the Lord. Well, you know, God knows my heart, and he knows I'm not looking for anything. You know what the Lord does? He looks at you, and he's like, really? Really? We're, we're, we're cheapening the price that Jesus paid on the cross when we don't walk in the fullness of the benefits that come as a result of what he did 2,000 years ago. So we receive salvation and we receive healing, but we reject financial prosperity. And that was a part of what, God, what Jesus did. Now, that's not the only thing he did. And that's where we have to be careful. It's not the only thing that he did. And I'm not claiming that. Uh, but it, what, he, what he did on the cross included taking care of us in the area of finances and blessing us in the area of finance. Amen. Supernatural increase. Supernatural increase. So say this with me. Say supernatural increase is headed my way. I'll say what I have and I'll have what I say. Doors of opportunity are opening for me today. Supernatural increase is headed my way. Now, now do this to go. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, sometimes we've got to, we've got to, you know, you ever hear somebody say, uh, put your money where your mouth is? You know, as believers, we got to put our mouth where our money is. Glory. Oh, I received that, the name of Jesus. As believers, we got to put our, glory to God. Amen. We got to put our mouth where our money is. We got to put our mouth on the word of God. We've got to put our confession out there to say what God says about our, 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 our financial condition. And uh, I, I was trying to put your mind at ease at first here because um, 
Because a lot of people will come and they'll hear someone like me talk about this and they'll think that somehow I have this ulterior motive. Let me say this first. Most of the people in our church are tithers and offering givers. Most churches, that a 10% of the church does carries 100% of the financial burden. At our church, I would, and I haven't checked lately. I probably need to check. I, uh, I'll check today. But um, here at our church, tithers, offering givers, 90, at, at least. Now, again, I haven't checked recently. I will. I promise I'll check today. But in the past, 95% of the people in this church are tithers and offering givers. So listen, I'm not telling you this to try to persuade you to be a tither and an offering giver. What I'm going to tell you today, I'm telling you for the purpose of tapping into the blessing that comes with doing what you're doing. Because I'm not, listen, I'm not up here trying to, to persuade. Why would I be up here trying to persuade 5% of the people to do something they know to do? That's not the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is for those of you that are tithers. Because some of you that are tithers, you're like, I know this. Yes, we know this, but you haven't yet entered into that flow. And so the purpose of this is, is so that you who are tithers and offering givers, those of you who are faithful to do what God has told you to do and haven't yet seen uh, that harvest or have never experienced that harvest, that I'm going to give you tools that will help you open up the door so you can tap into that flow and begin to walk in the fullness of God's blessing financially. Amen. Thank God. And, and a, part, a part of that is by us entertaining the anointing that needs to come that is necessary for breakthrough. You cannot entertain an anointing for breakthrough financially if, if, you have, uh, if, you're, if you're resistant to the message. Which is why I'm having you talk and say, because what you say has an impact on what you believe. And what you say will cause the barriers and the walls that have kept you out of the flow of God's blessing to crumble and to fall. That's why, that's why we've got to be willing. You know, uh, some of you wonder why you feel resistance when the preacher wants you to say something. That would be the devil. Because the devil knows if it starts coming out of your mouth, it's going to start happening in your life. Amen. Amen. See, if the, if, the devil, if the devil can control your thoughts and keep you thinking wrong... Do you know whatever, what you think will eventually come out of your mouth? Some of you have never spoken the things that I've talked about concerning financial increases. You've never, you've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you the head and not the tail. You above and not beneath. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. Glory to God. Uh, you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Uh, everything that you touch is blessed. Your store and your basket is blessed. You are blessed. Amen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and he's taking over for Debbie. <laughs> you're blessed. Uh, sometimes these things have to, we, ha we, we have to say these things. Do you know why we have to say them? Because what you say will eventually determine the direction that your life goes. The, your tongue is the rudder of your life. Whatever you say is where you will end up. You will have what you say. That, that's why Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he said, um, if you'll say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. You know, bring that up, will you? Uh, Mark 11. Can we look at that real quick? 
I'm, I'm trying to get y'all's uh, hearts at ease because with 95% of people tithing and offering giving, we don't have a problem with tithing and offering giving. We don't. But I believe that God wants to, glory to God, glory to God. I believe that God wants to promote some of you out of the 10,000 flow into the 100,000 flow. And God wants to take some of you, and listen, some of us have been buttoning up our head against that, you know, we've been trying to break through the ceiling. It's like we can tell, we know, listen, some of you know good and well, God wants to break you out financially, not so you can look down your nose at everybody, not so you can go to the fanciest places in Oklahoma City, but because you're his child, you are a king's kid. He provided it for you 2,000 years ago. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing, and you, you just keep hitting your head on the ceiling and on this cap that was created by society some of you have let the world some of you have let the world glory to God some of you have let the world pigeonhole you into where it is that they think that you ought to be I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care how it is that you earn a living. You're, you're, what God puts in your hand financially, God didn't. your job wasn't created to make you wealthy. Your job was created to give you seed. Your job is your source of seed. But guess what? God is your source of wealth. Amen. Glory to God. See, it's the Lord that takes the limits off of your earning potential and takes you into a place that no man can that no man can control or keep you back from receiving what God intends to get to you. Boy, I knew I had to do this today. I feel it, boy. I feel it. So the but the first step, see what some of you are sensing right now? You think, oh, your pastor, you're trying to work. No, it's not. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. And if we can entertain that anointing. If we can make room for that anointing, if we can be, if we can be uh, um, vessels through whom the, we allow that living water to flow, that anointing for supernatural, you have to entertain that, church. If you don't entertain that, you'll never get your breakthrough. Because one of the most important ingredients of supernatural increase is that we make room for that anointing, that we respond to that anointing. When we respond to that anointing, it changes what we say. So Mark eleven twenty three. let's look what it says. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Now I want you to notice something. No, go back. I want you to notice something in that verse. In this verse, it talks about doubt. You know what? You know what some of us do when we're you know what some of us do when we're not walking in the blessing of God financially? We're going, what am I doing wrong, Lord? What do I have to fix, right? I listen, I'm in the same boat. I've done it. You think by now I'd quit doing it, but I do it nearly every time. Every time there's a but it but for me, I, I don't keep on with it. It's it's <laughs> minute it minute it starts coming in my mind. I, I put a guard on my mouth. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I ain't going there. Glory to God. And I, I, fix, my, I fix my eyes on Jesus and on his word. But some people, they, that's where they get, um, they get fixed on that word doubt. Or they get fixed on where, where am I missing it? Where am I not? And then there's one, another word in here that says believe. If you'll not doubt, but believe. Say, if you'll not doubt... But believe. but 
Now, those are two extremely important ingredients. If you won't doubt in your heart, but believe. Doubt what and believe what? That's what you have to, that's what you have to think of. Doubt what and believe what? What you've heard? Doubt what or believe what? What you've read? Doubt what or believe what? What you've seen? What does this say? Jesus said this, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Do you know what, you know what the word says? Glory <laughs> to God. It's not whether you doubt or believe what you heard, what you read, what you saw. It's doubting or believing what you some of you haven't even gotten to off the off. You haven't even gotten to first base. You haven't even started to say. You haven't even started to say, and so you know what you got to say. So how do you speak to your financial mountain? Well, you don't look at the mountain and go, "Mountain, I'm tired of you. Enough is enough. I've had it." You sure don't say what I've heard. So I've, I've heard some people sing this. I was in a meeting one time, and uh, someone got up to sing, and everybody was shouting, and everybody was shouting about this. Uh, and that song went like this. Oh, Lord, don't move my mountain. Just give me the strength to climb. That's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. I was at a black church. It was a black church. They sang that. Oh, Lord, don't move my mountain. They started to sing it. I, I clamped my mouth shut. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't saying that. The Bible says, say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast. Then I went to a southern gospel thing at, at, a, at another church. It, it was a, a, a how you call it? Southern Baptist church. And they had this quartet singing, oh, don't misunderstand me, you know. You know, they're going, and then, you might have to move that mountain with a shovel and some time. <laughs> move your mountain with a shovel. Is that the blessing of the Lord? No. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Take it from a man who knows. <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's not, you know what? We, you can't, church, we cannot get with that kind of thinking. Because when you have that kind of thinking, eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, it's going to set the course of your life. And so you say, but Brother Ziggy, my mind, what if my mind hasn't changed? What if in my mind I have doubts? Well, first of all, Jesus didn't say doubt in your mind. He said doubt in your heart. If you're a believer, it's the nature of a believer to be a believer. It's impossible. Let me, let me tell you this. Set your mind at ease. It is impossible for you if you're a believer to doubt in your heart. If you're a believer, so you don't even have to worry about that. In fact, you know what? If you want to do this, it's not that the scripture doesn't say it, but that isn't a part of the equation of your life. You can take and you can mark that out of your Bible. Doubt in your heart. Because it is impossible for you as a believer to doubt in your heart. You can only doubt in your head. And you know what? He didn't say nothing about doubting in your head. 
But if you doubt in your head, you got to watch what you say. Amen. If you doubt in your head, you got to watch what you say. Because what is, what, what is in your mind will eventually make its way out of your mouth if you let it. So we don't, we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe. Amen. We believe. So what is it that we say? Well, what we say is what the Word of God says. Amen. If we see a mountain, we, you know what? If I see a mountain, I don't go to, I don't go to talking, well, mountain, move. Here's, here's the way I go talking. I say this, well, the Word of God says, if I'll say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and not doubt in my heart. And I know I can't doubt in my heart because I'm a person of faith. Faith lives on the, not, listen, it's not, faith is a commodity of heaven. Faith comes out of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is one with my spirit. Faith is a part of my, glory to God. If, if, you, could, if you could see faith, if, if you could see faith in someone's blood, every one of you here, when they drew your blood, if they could see faith, if, if it was in someone's DNA, it would be found in every one of our DNA. If we accepted Christ, you know why? Because God took doubt, God took doubt and He eradicated it out of our spirit and He put His faith in us. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that the faith that I'm talking about, that kind of faith works by the love that was shed abroad in our heart. The byproduct of the love of God in us is faith. Oh, look at someone say, You're a faith person. Oh, Shibele. Oh, Rasabanga Lejere Barra Sabonga Lejea. Hara Masapandene Mengele Gele Jiriatia Mahara. So when, when, when that mountain, when that mountain tries to rise up, I'm, that's what I'm declaring. I'm declaring. Where the God says, if I say to this mountain, be thou moved, be thou cast to sea, won't doubt my heart, believe in those things which I say, come to pass, I'll have whatever I say, glory to God. So I declare in the name of, well, if it's a financial mountain, glory to God, I declare that he has provided everything that I have need of. He knew before the beginning of time what it was going to take to get me through this life according to his word. He knew everything that I would need, and he's the supplier of everything that I, if he supplies everything that I need, glory to God, hallelujah, then I have everything. I, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything that I need. Now, you say, you say, Pastor, is that is that exactly how you do it? Yes. Yes. You know why I do it that way? Because no, not exercise. <laughs> I'm not trying to burn calories. <laughs> Lindsay, you're, you're trying to lose weight, aren't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> One time I was in a service. I'm going to tell you something very important about the tithe here today and the offering. So I'm, I'm just, can you tell I'm just developing something here? I'm, I'm, I'm creating. I, I want you to get in the spirit so that when I say the next part, it doesn't just hit your head and, and it don't work for you. Glory to God. There's an, the Lord put an anointing on us for this. Anyhow, glory to God. I was in a service one time and um, the service, the praise the praise and worship service had started. I, I had just come home. We were attending a church in Edmond, and I had just come home from a ministry trip, and Annie and I were sitting in the service. And the, the <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you why I, why I act the way I do. <clears throat> um, the, the, the worship service was, <laughs> it left something to be desired. The, the, uh, the pastor's wife was the worship leader, 
And she was like, through the whole first song, she's like, come on, y'all. I could tell she's frustrated because there was a real freedom in the, in the air. That you could, you, that, that was a place where, that morning at least, where you could have gone and worshiped freely, but no one was taking advantage of the freedom that was being given. I think that's why the Word of God says it was for freedom that Christ made us free. You know what, you know what he's trying to say by that? It was so that you could, so that you could show forth. The expression of liberty, that's why he made you free. So when that atmosphere of freedom exists and we don't express freedom, again, we cheapen what Jesus did for us. We, 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 we squander an opportunity to express the liberty and the freedom for which... That would, that, would have been, that would have been like the Jews being released from concentration camps and them being indifferent as a result. You want to see what liberty looks like? Go, go on YouTube and look at, look at those, those Jews being, being uh, freed from concentration camps by the allies. They may not have been able to dance. Do you know what, the, you know what they said the first thing the Jews wanted to do when they got out of those camps? They didn't want to eat. They didn't want to, oh, I want a banana split. That would have been Gabriel. But anyway, <laughs> the, <laughs> the first thing they want, you know the first thing they wanted to do? They wanted to change their clothes. They wanted to get out of their prison garb. Amen. They wanted to take off the garment, the, the spirit of heaviness, and put on a garment of praise. Once they changed their clothes, it was real. They went from down in the mouth to listen, they didn't even have teeth to smile with because of the lack of calcium in their bodies and their teeth were falling out and their bodies were rotting. But there they were with the biggest, cheesiest grins you ever saw in your life. And they weren't attractive at all, but there was something attractive. Listen, there's something attractive when you see those, those people being delivered from those concentration camps. Devil trying to eradicate them. But anyway, so we're in this service and there's, a, there's an air of freedom, but no expression. And I can tell the pastor's wife, she's, she's just getting beside herself. And I think she thought, I'm just, maybe they're too familiar with me. And they think I'm just being mean to them. So after the first song, she says, Brother Ziggy, I know you just got back. Will you come up here and help these? I just feel like God wants to give us a breakthrough, but I'm not getting it done. Will you come up here and break us through? I'm like, thank you very much for, I mean, I just wanted to sit. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to hang out. I just driven you know, I don't know how many thousands of miles. And so I just wanted to sit down and I, I wanted to have a, I wanted to be preached to. I wanted a word from God. But now she's like, give us a word and break us out. I'm like, what? Listen, if I told some of y'all to do that, y'all be like, uh, how, how do I do that? You know, and, and I'm, and I'm, I was, I'm like, well, I'll, I mean, I, I looked at her. I said, I'll, I guess I'll try. I got up there and I got the microphone. Don't let's not forget. Why am I? Why? Why was I up here? And this is. I told you that's how I do it. And you should you do that? Should we do that way? Pat? Yes, you should. Are, are you? Are you? Maybe some of you aren't as expressive as I am in that way. It doesn't matter. See, you you've got to quit doing things your way. See, your way has gotten you where you're at. 
So for some of you to sit there and say, well, you know, I prefer this way. Well, you know what? Then, uh, then uh, get ready to keep experiencing the same thing you've experienced. It's your way that's put you where you're at. It's time that we begin to look for other ways because our way ain't working. Our way ain't working. And you know what? You know what I found out? My way works. My way works. <laughs> Amen. So, so I got up and I, I got up in front of the people and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to say? You know? And so I prayed in tongues for a minute. I was like, pray with me in the spirit. No one would even pray with me in the spirit, Sheree. It's like me and Annie, you know, you know, and we, I prayed in the spirit and then the spirit of the Lord came on me and the Lord said, what does my word say? Because if you're going to get a breakthrough, you're going to have to know what the word of God says. Begging and pleading them people to praise wasn't going to get it done. Please, y'all, we all plead, please pray. We know that don't work. We pled and pleaded and we we plead for people to come to church. Look around. We plead, Cherie, Cherie will get on Facebook. I mean, she was all Jimmy Swagger and it and everything. Please come to outreach. Please come to outreach. You know what? All the pleading in the world wasn't getting it done, was it, Cherie? We, we tried to incentivize it. $50 gift card if you come. Gonna give it, we're, we're having a giveaway. And so we start to incentivize it. And then that gets people farther and farther away from what works. And so I'm, I'm looking at those folks, and you know what? I could try to get up there and cheerlead. Well, come on, y'all. Let's, let's all, give me a, give me a J, you know. We could have we tried that, but, you know, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been, you know, they, they would have probably accommodated me, but they may never have gotten over there. But the Spirit of the Lord came on me. He said, what did my word say? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Find a scripture, Marissa says, submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. This is scripture he gave me, and I gave it to him. <clears throat> Glory to God. We'll get it here in a second. Praise the Lord. All right, here it is. Look what it says, James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves, therefore. So first step is, I told these folks, I said, here's what the Lord is saying. Submit yourselves unto God. Submit yourselves unto God. If you're going to be determined to get out of where you're at financially and get where God wants you to be, you first got to submit yourself to God. What does that mean? That means you're not, com we talked about this at, a marriage, uh, at the marriage retreat. There's a difference between submission and compliance. God says, submit yourselves to him. Submission, uh, at the heart of submission is a desire to serve. A desire to serve. So submit yourself to God. The motivation uh, is to serve. The, 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 uh, at the heart of compliance is, <laughs> is not to serve. It's just to do. So I might say to Brother Rick, Brother Rick, would you, would you, um, 
would you pray today, brother? And Brother Rick, he may be like, I didn't come ready to pray. But because he loves the Lord and he wants to serve God and he honors me as his pastor and he wants to be submitted, he's like, sure, pastor, come on, everybody, let's pray. He may not even be feeling it. But he's like, oh, dear God in heaven, you know I love you, Lord, and I want to serve you. And so I'm here. And he, he'll pray a heartfelt a prayer to God submitted unto the Lord. If he's compliant, compliance would be this. Brother Wick, Rick, would you pray? Well, if I have to, I will. Two different attitudes. Are y'all? Well, I guess if... See, so, so some of you, you might be like, well, if I have to do it that way, I guess I will. Well, I'll try it, I reckon. No, submission unto God is, Lord, as, as, a, as a form of serving you and honoring you and loving you, I'm going to submit to what you're saying. I'm not going to be, resi- I'm not going to be like, well, you know, this better work. <clears throat> Did you already get thrown out, book? I'm praying for you, all right? It's okay. I love you. I love you. It's okay. Now you got to hear me preach. It's good, though. Praise the Lord. Well, you did make it pretty long. It's 1222. It's, you got close today. I'm, I'm proud of you. you. You made a lot longer today, didn't you? Josiah. Josiah. <laughs> I love you, Josiah. You're, you're awesome. So anyway, <laughs> submit yourself to God. So I told the people, I said, submit yourself to God, the word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And he will flee from you. What am I talking about? Again, I'm going to remind you. Why, why, why do I, well, you know, I, your word declares glory to God. I say, Lord, I, I, I stand on your word. You say, why, why am I, why do I do that? Why do I do that? Why does it work? So I told the people, I said, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. I said, we're being resist. I said, what, what is it that makes you not want to praise God? Is it really you that makes you not want to praise God? Is it really? No, it might be that carnal nature that the Lord eradicated when you got born again out of your spirit that still resides somewhat in your soul. And we know good and well that's not from God. So it's either something that remains in your flesh that originates in darkness, or it's Satan. It is literally the devil trying to keep you from praising God. Now, why would he do that? Well, because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. We create a habitation for the Lord here on earth by praising him. Oh, yeah, devil wants you to do that regular. So we're being resisted by, by, the, by the devil, you know? And so I said, so when the devil tries to resist us, and y'all, y'all have heard me say this before, when the devil tries to resist us, and he come here, since Ted is gone, I'm going to have you, and I wouldn't have had Ted do it anyhow. I'd probably shove him over. <clears throat> but we, we talk about resisting the devil. So how is it that you resist the devil in a way that he flees? Well, and he turned toward me, and man, you got them big old heels on, but I want you, 
You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll let you do this. You be the devil. And, <laughs> and so um, you're going to resist me. You're going to put up a resistance toward me. You're going to try to stop me. So if you're the devil, you're going to try to stop me. How are you going to do that? All right, so I'm going to move forward. And so, so the devil, I'm being resisted by the enemy, right? Am I being res- Now I know she's not really the enemy. But in the, in the exam, am I being resisted by the devil? Yes, I'm being resisted by the devil. The enemy's trying to stop me. So what does the word tell me to do? If I resist the devil, he's going to flee. Now, how are you going to resist the devil? You're going to have to, if you're, if, if you're going to resist him, now do that again, baby. You, you, you're, now, I'm not resisting, keep pushing. I'm not resisting the enemy. If, keep pushing, baby. If, if, if I'm getting pushed back, he's winning. I'm not really, re- but if I'm going to resist the devil, I have to apply equal force or greater force to resist the devil. Isn't that right? Okay, so equal force, go ahead. Equal force, if I'm going to resist the devil, I have to apply equal force. So, so if the devil is resisting me in praise, listen to me, if, we're be, if you're being resisted by the devil in praise, then you know what you have to do? You have to apply equal force. That means with the same measure that he's resisting you, you have to praise. If you do nothing, he's winning. But if you praise as much as he's resisting, then it takes at least some measure of expression. If you're going to win, then you have to put up a greater force. To resist him, which means whatever he's trying to keep you from doing, do double. If he says, ah, you don't want to sing, don't just sing, sing loud. Oh, you don't, you don't want to dance. Instead of just Maytagging it, dance hard. Get up here, get up here with some of these folks that are hopping around and get to hopping with them. You say, well, I don't feel it. Well, you, you don't need to feel it. You just need to do it. Amen. Because that's, that's how you resist the, are y'all hearing me today? That's how you resist the devil and cause the devil to flee. Eric should never have to get on the microphone and say, folks, come on, help me praise God today. Rachel should never step to this microphone and say, folks, will you sing this with all of your heart? Will you lift your hands with me all over the... You know what ought to be happening if we're doing it right here in this church? At, a, at, a, at about, at about 11.15, 11.30, or 11.45, I, I ought to be like, now, folks, let's wind down here. Let's, 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 br- let's bring it in here. Come on, let's bring it in. We've got something. I've got something i got to do. We need to we start winding it down here, folks, unless you... I mean, do you all want to come back? To, can we come back tonight? Yes, let's come back tonight. 
Honestly, that's the way it ought to go. And, and it shouldn't be something that's out of here. When you start to work these principles of the Spirit, not only, listen, I'm going to tell you something. At first, it's difficult because you're, you're telling your flesh that it's going to submit itself to God. You're telling your natural man that it's not going to, you're telling your natural man, I ain't doing what you want me to do no more. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm not going to obey you anymore. I'm going to obey the word of God. See, that's why, that's why I get that way when it comes to confessing his promises. Because you have been resisted by the devil in your finances. He has told you every lie that he can throw at you to keep you broke, to keep you poor, and to keep you from being able to be a blessing. And I know every one of you in here, you want to be a blessing. When God blesses you, you're not trying to get blessed so that you can hoard up for yourself and keep for yourself. Some of you, I'm telling you right now, if some of you had the money, you'd pay this building off in a new York second. You wouldn't allow one bit of debt on this building, not at all. If we needed, listen, if we needed a jet, you wouldn't be up. I don't think you need that. Because that, Amen. Because when you, once you get over in that flow, once you get over in that attitude that you're going to do things God's way, there's a joy. There's a peace. There's a, there's a life. There is a fire that burns on the inside. There is an anointing that you begin to walk under that destroys every financial burden and removes every financial yoke. Every yoke shall be destroyed and every burden shall be removed by that anointing. Are y'all hearing me today? And I did. Man, I hit it hard. I needed to. You know why? I had a poverty mentality. I really thought that God was pleased with my lack. In my mind, it was a sacrifice to the Lord. And all the time, the Lord is saying, you're making it harder for yourself than what you need to. I have, I have everything you need to do everything that I've called you to do. I've given you vision, and along with that vision, I will provide. I will give you provision. I thank God that I got that revelation before I had children. Because children have a way of sucking the money right out of your bank account. <laughs> But when you have a revelation of God and his provision that he has supplied already everything that you have need of, according to scripture, the Bible says he knew what you had need of before you knew it. And because of that, he will take care of everything. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And so, yeah, let a baby come along. Let two of them come along. Well, glory to God. Joe and Jess were looking at each other. Five of them come along. Jess is ready, boy. Get ready, Joe. Get ready. Look, Joe's like, <laughs> right now, Joe's just like, thank heaven for little girls. <laughs> Praise God. 
So let me, let me, now, now let me share with you, because we're, we're, that anointing is, is working. See, this, there ought to be this freedom in all the things that we do here in this church. Your praise ought to be filled with this kind of enthusiasm and this kind of joy, because that's where God intended for it to be. God intended, he gave you freedom so you would act free. He gave you freedom so you would be free. He gave you his word so that when the devil resisted you, you would resist back with equal force or greater force and send him packing. But that's what it requires. It requires an exertion of energy on our part in the natural and in the spirit to get it done. Praise God. So can I share with you a couple of scriptures here before we... Wow. Thank God. I'm not going get to get to some of this stuff, but next week, next week I'm going to talk about seeing and knowing in the Spirit. Seeing and knowing. The Spirit of God coming on you and you seeing something and knowing when you've seen it, knowing to do it by the Spirit and what that produces and what the Scripture says about that. Because I, I feel like we're in one of those times as well. Some of you are seeing something and you're knowing something but you're not acting on it. You know, Michael, Michael just brought a check up here. You know, you know, he, you know, he did. He's, I'll bet if I asked you, I bet if I asked y'all, y'all saw yourselves doing this. And because you saw yourself doing, you knew you were supposed to do it. But then the enemy came, you already told me, enemy came, tried to stop it. But then they got, they got, they got before the Lord and they stopped the enemy. There's a king error in this check. There's an aircraft that holds more people, that's more capable, and can take you more places in a shorter period of time that's locked up in this seat right here. Amen. But there were some things that they had to know about the Word of God before they could even get to that place where the Spirit of God could reveal. So anyhow, I'm going to read you some scripture. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, 34. So tithe and offering. I want, I, want, I want you to see this uh, scripture in Leviticus. For, before, before I read it, I want to say this. Some people have questions about the tithe. Of course, there's, there's been some people, uh, Creflo Dollar, I've mentioned his name because he's, you know, he's put it out there. But that he said that you know, for all these years, he's taught wrong on the tithe. And, um, and I heard him talk about it a little bit. And the more I heard him talk about it, the more I realized that... Uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can preach something and it be a principle that is right, a principle that is a godly principle. You know what I'm saying? But if you preach it with the wrong attitude, then what you've done is, is not correct. Even though it's a, so there have been people that I've seen in, in, we talked about it in miracle, uh, us talking with, uh, the folks at the marriage retreat about that. We were talking about a lady that I know that functioned in a gift of working of miracles. God, that lady, this lady would get up, she'd begin to pray, and, and the Spirit of God would come on her, and oil would pour out of her hands supernaturally. And uh, I, I doubted it at first because it was so out there until I met, uh, I knew that, I, I realized that I knew someone who was there the first time that it happened, and he was her pastor. And he told me, it's real. He said, I watched it happen. He said, in fact, 
He said, I collected coffee cans full of that oil to send all over the world to people that were asking for it. She was a cashier at a, at a, a grocery store, and he would catch her at work. She'd be checking people out, and he'd say, Lucy, some people are asking for that, you know, for that oil. Will you, will you pray and ask the Lord? And at that time, if she'd get in the spirit and pray in tongues, oil would pour out of her hands. So she would check people out with one hand. She'd have her other hand over a can of oil, and she'd be praying in a can, a coffee can. She'd be praying in tongues, and oil would fill that can. And they would send it all over the, all over the world. Now, uh, you can have that gift of working. She had a gift of working of miracles in her life, but because there was so much pressure on her to perform, and God's people have this insatiable appetite for the for the supernatural and they just want more 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 something greater something more. instead of just receiving what god's offering they're always looking well you know is that it just oil like you know what that's oil coming out of but that's a supernatural i won't even tell you about the rest of the stuff but anyway um so you know what she started doing nakia she started manufacturing miracles she started duping people she was, she was in a meeting, and because, you know, I mean, oil wasn't enough. Not only did oil come out of this thing, she, her hands would break open, and she, her hands would bleed like she had nail-pierced hands. Supernatural. I know something's hard for you to understand that. I'll talk about it. When we get, make sure you come on Wednesdays, because we, when we talk about the gift of the working of miracles, I'm going to talk to you about it all. I'm going to talk about this lady. And so um, that wasn't enough. So she'd pray for people, and they, they caught her one time praying for people, and she threw some feathers on them and goes, ooh, look what the Holy Spirit left. And everybody thought it was cool at first until they watched the video and saw her pull it out of her shirt sleeve. So see, some people, they can, they can be preaching the Word of God, but if their heart is wrong... You know, what I've, you know what I learned listening to Creflo Dollar? It wasn't what he was teaching was wrong. It's the, the attitude and the heart with which he taught it was wrong. Right. He was tying un, unnecessary burdens around people's necks. He was telling people, if you don't pay your tithe, you're out of sorts with God. He made it a legalistic thing. But tithe, look at me, y'all. Tithing and offering giving ought to come out of a love that you have for Jesus. If you do it for any other reason, you're doing it wrong. If, you're tith if you don't tithe because Creflo said, you're not tithing for the wrong reason. You need to do what God has commanded you to do. And most of you here obviously know that the tithe is the right thing to do. Out of a love for God. Never, never, it's never uh, obligatory. It's never out of obligation. It's always out of a heartfelt desire to be one with, to, to, to do what he, you know what? I do lots of things just because I know that Annie wants it done that way. I fold towels the way I fold them because that's what she likes. Yeah, see, I see couples all over going, that's right, that's right, amen. 
Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Now, there's a, different, there's a lot of ways to do it. There are more simple ways, in my opinion, to do it. But for the past 30-some years of, of marriage, we're doing it her way. Why? Because it makes her happy. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I'm a tither and an offering giver. You know why? It pleases God. It puts it and, it and it opens up doors for me uh, as far as promises from the Lord that, that no man can close. When I'm a tither, no one can determine what my, what uh, no one can determine what my social status will be. No one can determine can determine what my economic status will be here. There, there's no man that can stand in my way of being what God intended for me to be. I'm gonna have what God said I could have. I'm gonna live. Ooh, I need to hurry. I, I'm going to live where God told me to live. I'm going to finish up. I think. Yeah, just, just, just give, me, give me a couple minutes. Will you give me a couple more minutes? So make sure that when you're tithing and offering giving, say tithe and offering. Tithe and offering. Say it again. Tithe say it again. Let me say this. There's a difference between tithe and offering. There's a difference between tithing and offering giving. There's a different way to tithe than to give offerings. See, some people, they're like, well, Lord told me to give my tithe to this guy on the corner. The Lord didn't tell you to do that because the Bible's specific about how you tithe. So the tithe belongs to the Lord. I want, I want you to see what they said in Leviticus. And this is, of course, this is very different from, from us today. But I want you to see this. Uh, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Are we there? It says... Uh, is that right? Is that what? Yeah, that's it. And all the tithe of the land, whether the, of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy unto the Lord. Next verse. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. Do you know in the Old Testament, if you borrowed God's money... You owed God 5% more on what you gave in the tithe. In other words, if you withheld the tithe and you didn't tithe and you borrowed the tithe from God, you, bought, you had to add another fifth to it. It's almost better to use your credit card. But, <laughs> but that's how important the tithe was to God. That if you, if you held back on, if you borrowed, now, it, so in the Old Testament, in this, Again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to y'all. This, is, this, isn't for, this isn't for us. But so that you know how God looked at the tithe and how important it was to God. That God said, you can borrow my money, but if you borrow from me, then you're going to add a fifth to it when you give it back. Uh, next, next verse. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even... Uh, whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So that, that tenth is holy unto God. That tenth is holy unto God. So what, you, you say, what does it mean that the tithe belongs to the Lord? Well, let's, let's keep reading. I'm a, I'm a, I'll get through this and then we'll maybe continue next week. He shall not search whether it be good or bad. In other words, did you see that? You don't, what God is saying is this. You ain't got to pray about tithing. You don't have to figure out whether it's good or bad. In fact, what, and here's the, the other thing that this is saying about tithing. God hasn't left it up to you what to do with your tithe. He makes it clear what is required of you for the tithe. So when it comes to tithing, 
you, uh, you don't have to figure out how to tithe. The Word tells you how to tithe. God's made the, the whole process clear. Um, neither, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Next, next verse. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. So uh, what, I, what I want you to know is that God made clear to the children of Israel how to do tithing. Now, I want you to understand something about tithing. Tithing is not a tip. It is a tenth. It's a tenth. Every dime out of every dollar we earn belongs to the Lord. All right? And again, we have 95% of people in this church doing this, so I'm not getting on to y'all. But I want to make sure that you have an understanding of how to do this. So a tenth, say a tenth. A tenth belongs to the Lord. A dime out of every dollar. A dime out of every dollar. That belongs to him. You don't have to pray about it. It's his. Now, writing tithe in your memo doesn't make the check you wrote a tithe. Clicking on the tithe tab doesn't make it a tithe. It's when it's a tenth that makes it a tithe. Now, some, some of you might say, Pastor, I have a hard time doing that. Me too. The Bible never said it would be easy. One day, one day uh, here pretty soon, I'm going to have Michael and Twyla uh, do one of these uh, teachings, and I'm going to have them share their testimony of how the Lord has done with them over the years because they have literally, I'm telling you, you have never, you've never, uh, they, they have literally been an example of what it means to be faithful in, in that area of finance. Because there were, there, were, there were times that we were all looking at them and thought they were living high on the hog. And Michael's already told this once, so I'm sure he doesn't mind me telling it again. But, you know, someone dropped a $20 bill one time at church, a lady that was visiting, and Michael saw it, and he's like, man, I could really use that 20 Almost withheld it, but Lord's like, you give that to that lady. That don't belong to you. And he gave it. He needed it. He needed it. He needed a 20 He needed it. And some of you have looked at them and thought they've never had a need, not one time. While so I'm going to tell you right now, you, you don't know the journey you will go on when you start believing, in, not, not in just God giving you a financial miracle, but living in supernatural increase. You will walk it out. There will be a test. There'll be a test, and you'll have to pass the test. Amen. All right, a couple more scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 12, 5 and 6, verse 5 and 6. But you shall, but you shall, uh, I'm going to read it in the, uh, I don't know what version this is. It says, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes <clears throat> to put his name and make his habitation there. In other words, he's talking to the children of Israel about building a temple. Is that right? It says, there you shall go, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and your flock. So now the, the Bible tells us where to bring our tithes. Told us how to bring our tithes first. Now it tells us where. You don't take your tithe anywhere you want to. 
You take it, you take it to where you're worshiping God, to where you have built an altar. Are y'all hearing me today? I know, I know I'm making some of y'all nervous because some of y'all are like, I'm going to send part of this to Benny Hinn. No, you don't go to Benny Hinn's tribe. You aren't a part of Benny Hinn's tribe. Now, if you want to send an offering to Benny Hinn, send an offering to Benny Hinn. But this, see, this is how, this how we've, got, we've got to let the word of God be what uh, directs us in, in the things that we do. And it's important. Do you know why? Do you know why God um, wants us to bring the tithe to, the, to his house and specifically to the house where we worship? Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Can I tell you something? I'm a, I'm a, this will be the last thing I share. Um, there's a, there's a couple, couple more scriptures that I'll read. But one time Ted and I were talking. We were in a revival in uh, Queen City, Texas, and I was preaching. When I was preaching, we were, we were in the process of raising money for, um, uh, for air, something with the airplane. I think we were getting ready to, uh, to redo the airplane uh, that, that I had at the time, the one that Michael just sold. And made made a ton of money on. Thank God, praise God. Listen, you need, we need to rejoice over that. Amen. Thank God. But uh, <clears throat> praise God. Amen. Lots of people lose money on airplanes. Michael made some. Amen. But we were we we're raising money to redo that airplane, renovate that airplane. And um, something hit me as I was preaching, Ayla. Ted, Ted is sitting there, and Ted, Ted has been the single largest contributor to my ministry financial over the years, financially over the years. Ted has been the biggest giver, and he's always given me money. When he gets back from Florida, he'll have money to give me. Ted hands me money nearly every time he sees me. I'm like, Ted, what's this for? He says, oh, that's an offering. Dude won't let me pay for a thing. He will literally not let me pay for anything. Tyler Naylor the same way. Crazy. They will not let me pay for it. They will, listen, they will not do it. I mean, even if it's big, they're like, we're doing this in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, so Ted is sitting there, and Ted is a giver. I've watched Ted buy families, entire families, their Christmas for, for, you know, for a year and not be cheap about it. Ask them for a list and give them everything on the list. And those people not hold back. I mean, him just buy everything on the, I'm buying it, everything on the list. Ted, Ted is super generous. Now, now, if you hang around with him a long time, sometimes you'll see how he really is in the natural. Ted, out of, when he's in the flesh, he's the stingiest person you ever met in your life. He'll squeeze a dollar, make four quarters. I mean, he's tight, tight, tight. Isn't that right? So when he gets in the natural, you can tell when he's in the flesh because totally different. But when the spirit comes on him, you've never met anyone willing to give more than Ted. So you know what the Lord, the Lord showed me? Ted, because he had a giving nature. Are y'all listening to me? It's, it's extremely important that y'all listen to what I'm about to say. Every one of you. Because we're entering a time, and y'all have heard me say this. Some of you have heard me say this before. Most of you have not. I looked at Ted, and you know what the Lord told me? He said, if Ted had, done, if Ted had been doing right with his tithe and his offering giving, if he had, uh, in his offering giving, he said, if Ted had been doing right in his offering giving, he said, you wouldn't have had to raise a dime of this money for your airplane. I would have sent it all through him. He said, but because Ted thinks that he's, that this gift of giving I've given to him to bless everybody, 
He doesn't understand that I sent him to sow into you. He said, so what he's accomplished is he's helped everybody a little. But he could have, he could have been a dream fulfiller. He could have been a dream fulfiller. Sometimes what we do because we have a heart, and, and especially those of you that have giving ministries like Eric, Eric, you've got a, you've got a giving ministry. That's a part of the ministry God is. There's an anointing on you to give. Sheree has that giving ministry. Tyler Nayla, you have a giving ministry. Michael and Twan, y'all know who you are. Carolyn, Carolyn has a giving ministry. You know, Carolyn sometimes goes without because of her giving. Carolyn is one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my life. I have watched her in the, in the deepest of needs. And her rejoice because her prayers were answered. She wanted to give an offering. And God gave her the money to give an offering. And she had a need and she rejoiced saying, God provided the $1,000 I wanted to sow. And she needed it. And sowed it because she knew God had put it in her hand for seed. Do I feel sorry for Karen? Heck no. How do you feel sorry for someone who walks in the divine blessing of God? Amen. I'm telling you the truth, aren't I, Carolyn? <laughs> Listen, y'all, y'all, aren't, y'all aren't part of a church where we just talk about this stuff. Y'all aren't, a, y'all aren't a part of a church where we just get up here and we say these things, don't nobody do it. It starts right here with us. I'm telling you right now, we, we, we do what we're, what I'm telling you right now, we have done and we have done when it didn't look like it was working. When, 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 it, when we were living hand to mouth, when we had more, when we had more month than we had money. We were doing it when we had more month than we had money. But eventually, glory to God, the blessing of the Lord did exactly what God said it would do. And the anointing came and removed burdens and destroyed yokes and delivered us and set us free. Amen. Amen. So I looked at, listen, those of you with giving ministry, those of you that are part of this church, God may not have called you to give to, listen, you have to resist the temptation when you have a giving heart to throw your seed everywhere. There's a reason why God said, bring the tithe to the temple and to the temple that you're a part of, because he wants to do with you in that place. Are y'all hearing me today? Whatever dreams we have to, uh, to here at Winter's Church, whatever goals we have, God don't want to send someone from outside of Winter's Church. You know what? When I sold the airplane, y'all remember? I sold the airplane. back. We were, we were already at church. I sold that Cirrus that, Pat, that uh, Michael's dad bought from me. When I sold that airplane, when I gave that airplane, or gave, uh, sold the airplane, gave the money uh, back into the ministry, thought it was going to produce something different than what it did, and the time came. Are y'all hearing me? And the time came. The time came when God, was, when God was pulling on the hearts of men. Listen to me, y'all. Ooh, I'm about to say something. I hope. Do you know in that six months when we didn't have an airplane, God was tugging on the hearts of people. He was talking to people. Do you know how I know he was talking to people? Because someone called me from Texas and said, the Lord put you on my heart. I don't think those were the first ones he tugged on. God started in Oklahoma. 
In fact, God started at 16,000 Northwestern. You know what? That man in Texas called me and said, Lord told me you need an airplane. Go find one. I'll buy it for you. That's what he said. We all rejoice over it, but you know what? I really believe that God wanted you to... There were some people God wanted them to get in that line, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. Guess what? Neither did the guy from Texas. The guy from Texas didn't know how he was going to do it, but he committed to it. And when he committed to it, guess what? He got a big, he got a big fine from the state of Texas that was, that was equal to what he had committed to pay, and even then some. And he told me, he said, he said, go borrow the money, I'll make the payments. Go borrow the money, I'll make the He said, I'll, I'm going to send you 5000 this week. I'm going to send you another 5000 five weeks. And he says, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, over the next year, I'm going to give you everything that it cost you for that airplane, which was $110,000, $120,000. And by the end of the first year, he paid $120,000. Guess what? How long ago was that? 2016? He has been sending money monthly ever since. He hasn't quit sending money. I called him up. I said, you paid it off. He said, I know. He said, but when we paid, when we paid for that airplane, we opened up a new business and we more than doubled our revenue every year. We went from making 28 million to making 78 million. Are y'all hearing me today? You know what? Some of us, because we didn't, I'm preaching. I just should drop the mic right now. We talk about creating an environment that will sustain the, the, the vision that God has given. Well, you know what? If we keep thinking we can't, then we won't. If we keep looking at our need, we'll never do it. See, that's, that's, why, that's why, listen, you get a dollar, yank a dime out of it quick. Yank a dime out of that dime. Let that be your first. Let that be the first thing that you do. A dime out of it. I ain't t- that, this, this money belongs to God. I'm not touching it. Offering giving. If you're a part of this church, be, be the ones that hear to do what God wants us to accomplish as a church and as a ministry. Do you know, listen, you don't have to export your offering. There's plenty for you to offer to here. There really is. And you'll find out that when you do it God's way, that many times that's, that's how it'll happen. Your tithes certainly don't belong anywhere else, but your offerings, definitely you need to pray. But now it's not that God will never have you do anything for anyone else, but we have a great responsibility to one another. Amen. Is that helping anybody here today? See, some of you here, God, God was talking to you. Maybe some of you would have done a portion. Maybe some of you would have said, you know what? We're going to commit to all of it. Uh, let us pay it out over a period of time. Ted did that one time. I asked Ted, I said, Ted, can I count on you for 20 grand to help me on this airplane? Ted was like, ah, let me pray about it. I know, I've never did that to Ted. I always let Ted hear whatever it was that he heard. And, but the Lord, the Lord told me that time, he said, you have not because you ask not. Well, you know what? First person I knew to go to was Ted. I knew if anyone would, it would be him. I said, Ted, can I count on you for 20 grand for this airplane? Ted's like, um, I, I hadn't heard nothing about that. I said, well, I'm telling you. He said, can I pray about it? I said, pray about it, Ted. You got 10 minutes. No, I didn't tell him that way. I was like, yeah, you, yeah, you can pray about it, Ted. He said he prayed about it. He said, he said uh, I, said, uh, I, f- I finally asked him, I said, what did the Lord say? He said, Lord didn't tell me nothing. 
I said, so the Lord hadn't talked to you? He said, no. I said, well, I'm going to do 20. I said, I just, you know, I wanted you to get with me. He says, oh, I'm going to do it. He said, Lord didn't tell me to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. He said, because I believe in what you're doing. And he said, and I know God is in it. And the Bible says, if I give it, it'll be given unto me. Good measure, press down, shake it. He said, Pastor, can I give it to you over a period of time? He said, will you give me about a year to pay it? I said, sure, Ted. Ted had it paid off in three months. You know why? When he committed to it, the windows of heaven opened up. And God began to pour blessing out on him. There wasn't room enough. Are y'all hearing me today? Now, you know what? You're not going to get there if you're not in the spirit. If you're not in the spirit, you know what you're going to think? Pastor, he drives around in that Tesla, bless God. And, you know, I wish I had a Tesla. People think the Tesla's the crown jewels of the, you know, the royal family or something. But anyhow, being in the spirit keeps you out of a wrong attitude and gets you up into that flow. Has this helped anybody here today? Praise God. See, because some, and I was talking to Brandon and different ones at, at, uh, America, and I realized there's some, you know, they've never heard me talk about these. And some of y'all, I've said some stuff today. Some of y'all have never, you've been here for 10 years. You hadn't heard me say it. There's some things I said today. Y'all needed to hear. We're, we're in a season where God desires to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. There's not room enough to receive. You have to do your part. I thank God. I thank God every day for a tithing church, for an offering giving church. Well, the Lord knows. He knows I love him, and I don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do it at all. You're right. You don't have to do these things. You get to do it. You get to do it because you love him, and you're serving him with all your heart, and you want to do these things. And you know what? He'll bless you not because he has to, because he wants to. Because he's, yeah, what was that? Supersede. Yeah, we'll have to do supersede too. Uh, so let's, let's receive our tithe, our offering, our supersede. If this, if this helped you out today, uh, keep it in your heart. It will go on the uh, app so you can re-listen to it and get it in your spirit. These are things you got to rehearse and get in the innermost part of your being. And then uh, maybe next week I'll talk a little bit more about, I won't, I won't take all the time uh, next week, but we'll, I'll, in the offering uh, time, I'll, I'll share just a little bit more with you and uh, continue to do that here over the next several weeks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand up all over the place. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're giving uh, your super seed, it's week number 40. Ted's not here to scream it out. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. <laughs> super seed, week number 40. You say, what's super seed? Well, super seed is when we, uh, we, we've chosen to to put our faith together with others and believe God, uh, $40 over and above our tithe and our offering. And um, so that's supersede. Um, tithe is a tenth. Uh, if, you're, if you're texting to give, you text the keyword Winner's Church to 77977. You can text to give. If you're giving cash, most of you know, if you're giving cash, there are envelopes in the seats in front of you. If you're giving a check, you can put your check in there as well. Or you can... Um, you can uh, just put your check in the offering plate, and we will record your giving. Uh, those of you that have not yet signed up online for a CCB, a Church Community Builder, uh, go to the Winner's Church website, click on Community, sign in to that community page, 
uh, you'll have to register and create a username and a password. That will, that will generate an email that will go to Hilda. And Hilda will send you an email back with your sign-in information. Is that right? Is that still how it works? Hilda will send you an email back with your sign-in information. You say, well, I don't know if I want to be you know, a part of that. If you're going to get a, a record of your, of your giving, you need to be a part of it. Otherwise, you won't get it. We don't put envelopes in the back. Uh, we, it's downloadable now. So you can get on any time of the year and download your contribution statement at any time. You can know where you stand in your giving. We're coming to that time of the year. I encourage you, too, to make sure that you get a record of what you've given uh, because, you know, it's deductible and there's no sense in letting the government keep any more than what they uh, already do. Uh, you need to get as much back as you can and use it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. God knows they don't know what they're doing with it. So uh, at least some of you know what you're doing with it. Praise God. So let's pray over the offering. Even though some of you aren't bringing one, you've done it online. Let's believe God for your increase. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that everyone that's in this place is breaking out on the left and on the right. Lord, I thank you that every seed that is being sown and has been sown and that will be sown, Lord, you're looking at that seed and you're watching over that seed to produce a harvest. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, can the, 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 the Spirit of God just hit me just now to say something. When you neglect to do what God's word tells you to do when it comes to walking in his blessing, so since we talked about tithing and offering, if you neglect to do what the word of God, you're not, your supply won't be cut off. See, what happens is some people will be faithful for a season. And then after a while, they think, well, you know, it's not really necessary. And then they, they draw back. I, I did it. I did it in the beginning. Do you know what I found out? The minute you quit sowing seed, it may not affect you on the first season after. But the second season after, it's going to start to affect your harvest. You don't want to wait until your lack of sowing affects your harvest. Because it might take a bit before when you start sowing, before you see it. Especially if the Lord gave you a breakthrough quick. Because some people, all they've ever known is going from not tithing to tithing and immediate blessing. And you don't want to let that drop. It's, a, it's that scripture that I read in Hebrews on, I don't know, maybe you didn't see my Facebook video this morning, but that Hebrew scripture that says, don't let it slip. Don't let what you've heard slip. Don't let it, don't let it slip. Don't lose the ground that you've gained. Through disobedience or an unwillingness to, be, to, to do what the Lord has, has told us to do. God, God wants you to remain going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Higher in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, I thank you we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. I thank you, Lord, that your blessing isn't on us, but it's on our children and on our children's children. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord for the privilege that we have to do this in Jesus' name, and we'll forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, I love you. If you have something to bring, you can bring it. I've kept you so long, I'm going to turn you loose. <laughs>
<laughs> but will you agree with me that this week you're going to walk in a greater measure of God's blessing than you've ever walked under? Agree with me. Say, I agree with you, Pastor. So I loose it on you today in the name of Jesus. You're leaving out of here today under a greater measure of the anointing. I command you to prosper in the name of Jesus. I command you to walk in the fullness of the flow of God's blessing for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Some transferred to you today, Carolyn. Amen. The devil, the devil was shouting and you was shouting back. The Lord told me to tell you this. Your voice is louder than his. And he says, and he says, and what you say has more power than what the devil says. The Lord says, the enemy's words only have power, he says, when you put them in your mouth. But God says, you started refusing to do that a long time ago. I hear, I hear, the, Lord, I hear the Lord saying that um, the odds are stacked in your favor. The Lord says, the Lord says, even the devil is not betting on himself. Even the enemy fears that you've gotten too far for him to make you fail. And he's right. Amen. He's just realizing it now. The Lord says it's always been that way. Praise God. God says, God says you're not going to live from miracle to miracle. The Lord says you're going to live from faith to faith, from blessing to blessing, from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. One last thing. Pray for the, pray for the Salazar's uh, families, uh, Michael Twyla, uh, Shelby, Eric, the girls. Pray for them because uh, that hurricane that hit in Florida... They're all, uh, in fact, their dad's already gone. He may already be back by now, but he already went down. They're getting their office rolling. They're going down there to help the people there in Florida. Um, it's very challenging when they have to travel back and forth. So I want, I want you all to know that, that um, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to see Eric. He's going to be dragging in here on, he'll be dragging home on Friday or Saturday to be here Sunday. So will Michael. And, um, back and forth from Florida, and this is going to be for some, probably for, I'm believing it's not going to be for months. I'm praying that they just take control down there, and they, you know, everybody just signs up, people come flocking to them, that they send, that they sell hundreds of millions of dollars of, of, of jobs down there, and that they come back, and they're like, all right, we got it done, praise God. They get put in the million flow, glory to God, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Glory to God. Amen. I think it would be nice. See, some people only think it's, if it, it would be nice for you. But if you can rejoice over everybody else. See, so some of you have been believing God for a harvest in your finances. Well, guess what? They're about to get a harvest on the, what they've sown. They are. And you know what you ought to be doing? You ought to be going, glory to God. Hallelujah. When they go out of here, you ought to be high-fiving them and say, go, go get it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And so we're going we're gonna to be praying for them and uh, uh, be praying for them. Be praying for the Martins this week as Jack comes home. And uh, we, want, we, we definitely want that to be a good thing. And you know what? Maybe, maybe pray about this, but Hilda and David around Wednesday may need someone to drop them a cheeseburger or something. Uh, it gets pretty busy when you bring a baby home and... Jack has had a few challenges, and it, it may be a little bit more, uh, you know, with him. But um, 
but keep them in mind and uh, reach out to them. They might need your help a bit. And we'll, I'll be here most of the week, so I'll be willing to help you out. Praise God. But uh, anyway, I love you all. I appreciate you. I, I praise God for every one of you. Uh, again, hey, if you, need, if you need a place to call home, welcome home. Amen. Amen. There is a place for you here at Winner's Church. Um, go in his presence today before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see, I'll see many of you back here uh, on Wednesday and uh, revival in Chickasha on Thursday and Friday. Shri, you got something going on. Yes. <laughs> so 